Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, welcome to Good Job, where we interview inspiring people from the music industry. We follow their journey from their very worst job to present day and find out what makes them them. That roar was Ollie Peters from death metal band Archspire. Ollie is well known for a fast paced machine gun like distortion style and I have been super interested in the origin and the development of this technique. We don't want to fall behind and just be irrelevant because we're so stubborn that we don't want to evolve. In this episode, we talk about the reasons that you should pursue music, how he taught Jason Momoa, yes, that is Aquaman, to war cry, and the pros and cons of specialization versus versatility. What has been your worst ever job? I think that uh, I I worked as a bouncer at a really, at a dive bar. It had shows. And uh, in Vancouver, there's like the downtown east side. There's a street called East Hastings. And we have a really big drug problem there. Um, so it's it's a pretty bad drug ghetto. And for some reason, I thought it would be a good idea to work weekends as a bouncer there. And mm-hmm. it was just absolute hell. I just hated it. I yeah. Could because I'm not a very intimidating or strong person. So I would be in situations where I, was, I would have to reason with people and be like, look, you could clearly – murder me just can you try to be chill because I need to look like I'm tough what point in your life was that eight years ago and I was also working in kitchens which I had for a long time so Mm -hmm. I'd work in a kitchen and then I would go and and do uh security at night and uh it was just not a good time I've worked in kitchens as well yeah dishwasher oh nice yeah but very hot yeah it's very hot and I just sweat like right now I could be pouring sweat like it's I just sweat in for no reason so working in in kitchens is not the best. Also not a great job. Could you have imagined that you were doing what you're doing right now at that point in your life? Um, no, I don't think so. Yeah. No, it's uh, especially with the style of music we play. You know, I don't think, mm-hmm. I think anyone that would go into it expecting to make a living off doing it is probably not in it for the right reasons or not very, you know, has, has no real impression of like what it's actually like. I, well, what are um, the right reasons? Because you really enjoy doing it, mm-hmm. I think. But if you're going to pick like a genre that you because you're like, hey, I want to be a professional musician. And I'd say you would do like studio work or, you know, mm-hmm. do something a bit more broad. Like it's a very like horse blinders kind of niche, uh, niche thing to do. So to stick with that, I, I definitely at that point was like, oh, I'll cook and then I'll go on tour and I'll, you know, come mm-hmm. back and cook. And um, so luckily now I don't have to cook. And if you could tell yourself at that point one thing, like when you were dishwashing and doing that, what would it be? See, my my present self always tries to fuck over my future self. I just okay. don't like my future self at all. So my future self would travel back and be like, dude, like maybe don't drink that whole bottle of, of booze because like it's going to fuck up your liver or like, you know, make better life choices, I guess, for your health. Um, yeah. That's what I would try to convince past Ollie, just like make better life choices. 
But I don't think he'd listen because past all he was a total dick. Yeah, but all of us look back at ourselves like that. I hope it's not just me. When did you know you wanted to do music? Was Um, it always something you wanted to do? Well, I was never actually good at making music. Um, So that's why I just, you know, do what I do Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I can't play a real instrument. Um, But uh, we, me and my, I grew up with two brothers and we, uh, we'd always jam like when Mm -hmm. we were little kids and just make noise. And, uh, and then in high school, we started a band to try to win battle of the band so we could buy a keg of beer because it was like, it was like $200 prize or something like that. And we're like, Oh, we get a case of beer. So we started this really shitty band and I couldn't play anything. So I just, you know, Mm -hmm. sang for it. Um, and then I kept doing that. And then as I got older, I just Mm -hmm. joined bands and eventually started playing in bars. And then I was like, Oh, I guess I'm doing this. That was, I guess your like first music industry experience. Or was that working with Ashfire? No, no, no. That's uh, I was in some some bad local bands before okay. um, that were a lot of fun, but Archfire was the first like serious band that yeah. that was uh, more of a professional attitude. And yeah. how did that come about? Well, me and the drummer Spencer went to school together mm-hmm. um, on the island of Vancouver Island, mm-hmm. and we'd both been in different bands growing up. And then I'd moved to Toronto with my band for a year, and uh, didn't really go the way I wanted it to, so mm-hmm. I moved to Vancouver. And then uh, he was working on getting a band together, which was Arch Spire, and uh, he hit me up and asked if I was doing anything. So I came down and tried out and stuff, and and it worked out. And then since then, we've been playing, you know, at least three times a week for like ten years. So and you've got quite a distinctive style within quite a niche genre because it's so fast. How did that come about? Why is it? Why? <laughs> um, well, the idea was that because all the other instruments are really fast. Um, and we all like that really fast style of death metal. Um, and the idea was that we wanted the vocals to match the music, um, which we found like in a lot of death metal, the vocals are a bit more simple and slower. And then the drums mm-hmm. are going, you know, hyperspeed and the guitars are crazy. Yeah. And then, so we wanted every element of the band to be as, as impressive as possible to try to try to make a stand out a bit. Yeah. So what we ended up doing was looking at like speed rappers, like yeah. tech nine and Busta rhymes and, Twista and looking at how they have different patterns and really interesting vocal patterns. And we just started to implement that into our writing. So, you know, I match his snare beat, like snare hits and you know, count them out. And I do like straight 16ths or I do a triplet pattern or, mm-hmm. you know, um, stuff that matched the snare more. And uh, so it was just to try to give ourselves, a, you know, a, a unique sound, I think. Yeah. Is know? that something you've been looking for the whole time, like a unique sound or... Do you mind about what other people think is popular? Um, I, yeah, I think we do as as a whole. Um, I think that a lot of bands will get into that zone where they're like, this is what we do and, and that's and we don't want to do anything else. And it's the kind of like how old people are like kids today. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, Which it's hard to not fall into that trap. But I think as we move along, we have to realize that there are certain trends and try to like at least pull influence from those. Like yeah. we're not going to – we don't want to fall behind and just be irrelevant because yeah. we're so stubborn that we don't want to evolve, you know? So we're not going to like start, like we're not going to put clean singing in songs because that's, you know, that's a limit where we're not going to just do that if it becomes popular. But we will listen to like a lot of slam, which is a style subgenre right now of death metal. There's a lot of slam and we tour okay. with slam bands and that's a very popular genre right now. So we're like, oh, maybe we could do like an Archspire version of a slam riff, you know? So we do want to evolve and and pay attention to like what's current, but yeah. without compromising too much, you know? Yeah, you've got to keep your own style there. Yeah. And it's interesting that you've taken from like other genres in terms of it being more rappy because when you listen 
I mean, it's it's very death metal. And then I'm like, oh, it's so cool that you've taken the rhythms and stuff from different genres. But you mm. listen to lots of different genres of music as well, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I, I like to. And it, I, yeah. I'm always just going down some Spotify well and trying to figure, you know, trying yeah. to find the one artist in that genre that I actually yeah. like listening to. And then I stick to that for a while. But um, but I've always grown up listening to rap and like really like old school gangster rap and stuff. And um, and and the speed rappers just vocally like it's just really impressive what they can do, mm-hmm. you know. So. It was kind of a cool thing to try to mimic that, rip that off. How did you learn how to like growl and scream? And I think uh, just 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 from doing it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like being really bad at mm-hmm. it and just doing it anyways, and then slowly figuring out what works. Um, yeah. I embarrassingly enough, when I was like thirteen or fourteen, I um, this Australian dude taught me how to play didgeridoo. So and taught me how to circle breathe. And I was doing that before, you know, I realized that most people find it really obnoxious. Um, So but just doing that helped me build my diaphragm up a bit and and really focus on breathing patterns. So when I did uh, figure out how to do, you know, a a passable death metal tone, then I had a kind of a leg up because I had the breathing patterns already down. So I could write stuff and figure out where I can breathe and how to put a bit more power behind it and stuff. So. So just in case people don't know, could you explain what circle breathing is? How it was first explained to me is if you take a sip of water and you squirt the water out your mouth while you mm-hmm. breathe in through your nose. Like you go, and that's like the motion where you are, that's the circular part of it. So you store air in your lungs or in, in your diaphragm and, and you blow out. And then when you want to replenish the air, you, you breathe in through your nose while you're pushing out your mouth. So it's a tricky like. So it's consistent breath. Yeah, basically. it's a consistent breath. Like if I don't, I don't know if I can. So you go. Okay. So while so I'm we're pushing stops. out extra out, yeah, it doesn't stop. So it's a consistent. Mm-hmm. So I kind of incorporated that um, into like because I wanted to go fast and have a lot of a lot of syllables in a short period of time. And so I don't actually circle breathe while I'm doing those lyrics. But what yeah. it helped me do was have a long pattern and then be able to quickly take breaths without having too much gap in in the sound. Can you clean sing at all? My band makes fun of me all the time because I I'm totally tone deaf. I can't. Really? Yeah. I can't if I do karaoke it's bad. It's like embarrassing. I can't sing at all. Um I don't even know what I could maybe pull off. Like it's it's pretty it's pretty bleak. My, my so skills funny. are bleak, yeah. Yeah, but you've um, got your niche that works. I do, me. yeah, but I'm a one trick pony for sure. I feel like you can either you get to choose whether to be really good at one thing or like quite good at a lot of things. That's Most true. Most people yeah. are like, I mean, I feel like I'm the sort of person who's like kind of good at quite like a few different styles, but never mastered any of but them. Never. What's what's your predominant style? Like what's I? This is the thing because I started when I was singing in uh, like Scottish folk, and then oh, I sweet. went into like musical theatre because that's what I started in. Yeah. And then I've done like jazz and pop and things like that. So it's like been a whole kind of variety. But Which, yeah. I mean, that seems like it's more beneficial than like you could you could get a lot further, you know? Well, I don't know. You could you've just got like a niche. It depends what it Or what okay, it let's rephrase it. Like you could work when you're like fifty. Do you think that you couldn't work when you're fifty? I, I don't I don't think so. Why? <laughs> I mean I don't unless I'm doing the same the same shit, but I don't think it's not a transferable skill, you know what I mean? Like I think clean singing is like being able to actually sing is a very like broader mar- market for yourself, you know. Death metal will still be around when That's you're That's true, yeah. So you'll yeah. still be able to do yeah, that. I, I, I don't would know imagine. If I'd want to. I don't know what it will sound like at that point. But uh but then there's vocalists that don't know how to sing and they're still great singers, like Shane McGowan. 
Yeah, no, exactly. And he, I mean, my flatmate's favorite singer. He's he's one of my favorites as well. Really? Yeah, yeah. and I just love his teeth as well. His teeth. <laughs> what do you like about his singing? He, he's just one of those people where it seems like that's that's the only thing really in his life that he had. But he mm-hmm. but he just we, that was kind of thing like his whole pie chart was just a hundred percent singing, you know, and and writing songs, and none of it was like how to do anything else in his life. But he just put all of his eggs in that basket, and you can tell when he's singing. Like yeah. that's his that's his whole thing. Definitely has like soul about. Like, yeah, some sort and that, of. It goes a long way, you know. Yeah, for sure. Like, I don't think he could sing like a lot of traditional songs. You yeah. couldn't imagine him singing "Phantom of the Opera." No, sorry, exactly. no. That would be sweet though. I'd, I'd like I would to check see that it. out. Yeah, it would be a slurred, drunken "Phantom of the Opera." Yeah, it would do well on YouTube. Yes, it would. Why is it called Archspire? It's a made-up word. Um, that I think we just wanted something that the name was before I was in the band. Um, but I think that we all just wanted a word that if you Googled it, nothing would come up except for us. Um, especially in that genre, like there's so much, like, it's just, it, there's so many, like this word and this word put together. They're both brutal sounding, uh, (laughs) you know, so everyone just took like cannibal corpse. They're like, Hey, what other two words can we put together? Why do you think people connect with your music particularly? I don't know. I think that it's um, it's really particular to, to, to the situation you're in. Like I know mm-hmm. that some people will check it out if they're like – they'll put it on at like a party or something or like – and it'll okay. just be noise. And they're like – they're not going to probably go back and re-listen to it mm-hmm. and be like, oh, I like it. Um, but then there's the people that will like put it on headphones and they're like going for a walk or put it in the car when they're driving and yeah. they pay closer attention to the intricacy of it. And then the, it something sticks with them and they really appreciate it and they can listen yeah. to it you know, a lot. So it seems like the stuff, like people that do like it, you know, you'll hear like, oh, I listen to this album like every day when I'm working out or something. Um, And then there'll be people that put it on and they put it on in like, you know, a certain setting and that nothing really jumps out. Because with the genre, you get a wall of sound kind of vibe if it's Mm -hmm. in the wrong setting, you know. I think people that are into it are kind of, they've listened to it in a setting where they picked something up out of it and then that caught them and then they want to keep going back and like picking out different things that they didn't catch the first time you know do people find you like from going to a live show i mean the main thing that we try to do is is to replicate the album sound as best we can live so that's our like number one goal that we Mm -hmm. have and and if we don't like we'll get off stage and somebody will be like you know oh i butchered that part and you know but the goal is that somebody will listen to the album and be like, oh, they can't play that live. Like, there's no way. And then they come and see it live and like, oh, you guys can play it live. And especially nowadays because our, you know, our major um, source of income is is merchandise, is mm-hmm. shirts, um, and it's not album sales. Yeah, okay. So you really have to be a band that people want to go see live. And yeah. I think the only way to do that is to be like, come and see if we can actually play. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's sort of like a, you know, yeah, it's sort of to, to, to prove something, I guess, you know, which a lot of bands in the genre – have fallen short to do they put out an album that everyone really likes and then for whatever reason fans don't feel like they're they're pulling it off live and it can really affect them so yeah i guess because you can do so much in the studio to make something sound yeah. good so it's so important absolutely to yeah be able to recreate yeah. create that it's also quite hard as well because you just don't have like all the effects and yeah the reverbs or it's just never the same yeah. and it depends on the venue as well a lot of the time yeah that's true i mean our number one thing is always we always have our own engineer that we really Have trust you? and we tour everywhere with him. That's so, good. Yeah. And we give him a really hard time. But, yeah. um, 
Yeah. When I'm on stage, I like to just tell the audience like, hey, if you know, if the mix doesn't sound good to you, just go up and talk to them. Just like tell them you want more guitar. Because that's like that. he absolutely every sound guy like hates that when the person comes yeah. up like, dude, I can't hear the vocals. And like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like yeah, won't yeah, let yeah. him do his job. So I try to like encourage people to do that to him. Just to annoy him. Um, and also yeah. there'll be like five people in the audience who are like major guitar players who want more guitar. And then you'll have another yeah. five who want like more bass. And Yeah. Especially in this, show, yeah, in this genre. Yeah, yeah. It's like everyone is a musician that wants to hear their, their thing. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Okay, our quick fire rounds. All right. Okay, tea or coffee? Um, coffee and tea mixed together. Ooh, Tastes gross. disgusting, but it gets you jacked up. Okay. Uh, if I have to pick, though, coffee, black coffee. Okay, yes. cool. Music or lyrics? Ooh, definitely music. Yes, lyrics are generally just embarrassing. Cats or dogs? Oh, dogs all the way. Yes. Unless we're talking giant cats, like mountain cats or some shit. That's pretty, they're bad. you get those in Canada? No, but I think they're illegal to own. But if I could own one, I would own one. But if not, I would take a dog. Creativity or logic? Creativity because you don't need to be intelligent to be creative. And that's kind of where, uh, where I can shine a little bit. Plane yeah. or train? I'm going to go plane um, because it's easy to fuck with people on a plane. Um, because everyone's very nervous that they might die. So oh, uh, that's horrible. it's really easy to get under people's skin very, very easily. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and trains just take too long. Beer or wine? Um, wine over American beer, but uh, Canadian beer over wine. Sweet treats or savory snacks? Savory for sure. If you got me a box of like chocolates and replaced each chocolate with pieces of cured meat, I would, I would prefer that. No, I, you didn't offer to get me any treats at all, no. but if, if you were to. City or countryside? I think that uh, I always want to be in one when I'm in the other. Fair. So when I'm living in Vancouver, I would like to be, uh, you know, on, mm. the, on the island, Vancouver Island. And when I'm on the island, it gets dull and you want to go uh, sit in a stinky bar. Matching yeah. or odd socks? Oh, I need my socks to match perfectly. Oh, yeah. I'm, a, I'm an odd sock person. Really? I can't. I have to have, I have one of the same exact sock like 20 times so that I know I can grab two socks and they're always going to be the same. Even if the, like, the little rim around the top is slightly different, it just messes with my head. I don't yeah. know why. Yeah, no, I don't mind. Sometimes I've got like a fox on one foot and then just spots on the other I one. I mean, that's a bold move. It's for fashion purposes, that's better. But I just, the slight mm. difference is what bothers me. If there were extreme differences, mm. I could I could deal with that. Guitar or piano? Piano all the way. Ah, oh, interesting. Yes. Friday night in or Friday night out? I don't know. I think Friday night in, I'm going to say. Ah, Friday yeah. nights out are just, there's too many people and generally big crowds are annoying. Modern or vintage? I think modern stuff because it's more user friendly. 
Black and white or Technicolor? I mean, I would probably go black and white because you can, yeah, I don't know. Um, oh, you like the classiness of black and white? Yeah, absolutely. I would go Gets yeah, an edge. black and white. It's definitely classier. Um, also for like uh, filters for online stuff. Instagram, black and white's just better. Moose or mouse? Uh, I would say moose I respect because they can take on a van. We were actually on tour with a band called The Faceless, and they we were like, don't drive through this patch at night. You should wait until the morning because mm. there's a lot, many moose. There is uh, many moose. And then sure enough, they hit a moose and almost died and totaled their van. Oh, so they're horrible. very scary. Mm. Um, and a mouse is just sort of, you know, just don't really want it in my in my house, you know. They're quite cute, though. Yeah, they're kind of, I don't know. I don't know if they're big, like big rats, maybe. You would like prefer a big rat? I would prefer a giant rat, like Master Splinter. That's a cool rat. That is a cool rat. I don't rat. know many cool mice. There is Sherlock the Mouse Detective. Have you seen that movie? I have not, but you've you've made a good point. He's a really good yeah. mouse. What does he hunt for? Like he detects like cheese in places? Well, it's like a British mouse. It's like oh, okay. based on Sherlock Holmes, isn't it? But it, um, okay. And the evil one is the rat. I, th- I think okay. you might prefer the rat in that movie. I'd probably like the rat, yeah. Rawr. Hey, this is the part of the podcast where I give you a fun fact about our guest. And Ollie is known for his fast-paced distortion style. But what exactly is distortion? When the vocal cords create sound and vibrate in a healthy way, they vibrate in a regular pattern, creating a very clean sound. Now, when you hear that grit in the sound, that is caused by irregular vibrations. Now, this isn't always caused by the vocal cords themselves. In fact, most of the time, it's caused by something else. There are many ways to create a distorted tone and there are many different terminologies and schools of thought. However, the effect we most commonly call distortion is created, although not always, by the false vocal folds which are situated above the vocal cords themselves, disrupting the vibration. Other effects such as growl, think Louis Armstrong, are created further up the vocal tract. Whatever effect you're looking for, it is totally possible to find a distorted sound in an easy, relaxed and long-term sustainable way if the sound is produced healthily. So you had a really cool opportunity that you got to go and teach Jason Momoa, who is Aquaman. You got to yes. teach him how to war cry. Yeah. How did that come about? That's that wicked. Was, uh, that was a weird situation. Yes, yeah, so we were on tour um, and we were playing a Vancouver date on the tour and I got, so I got to go home and while I was home, my friend called me who does makeup effects mm-hmm. and he was working on a new show and, uh, and he was like, hey, uh, Jason is a big fan of Artspire mm-hmm. and uh, he wanted to call you and talk to you. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, sure, that's sweet. Um, so so he gave Jason my number and Jason called me and was like, hey, can you want to come to my uh, suite that I'm staying at? So I went down there and uh, and he showed me the script for this uh, show that he was working on and that there was this war scene and he was going into battle. Um, and he really likes there's a song we have called Calamus Will Animate. And at the beginning, we um, I do this really fast pattern that's matched to uh, gunshots. So he re- he really likes that song. It's like his favorite mm-hmm. Arkspire song. So he wanted to have a battle cry that was based on like a similar thing. So he gave me the script and he was like, can you rewrite these parts that they're not using in the show and then turn it into like this speed rap um, battle cry thing. So yeah, so I was like, sure, I'd do that. And we were playing that night. So I was like, you should come to a show. So he came to the show and checked us out and drank some beers and had a good time. Yeah. Um, 
And then we went on tour and he would just text me back and forth like, Hey, why don't you change this? And so we worked on the part um, and I would send him, you know, revisions and then he would be like, Oh, that's cool. And then me and my guitar player, Dean, like uh, recorded a version of it and sent it to him and he was really stoked. So yeah. And then we came back off of tour and he wanted to meet up. So he invited me to Comic-Con and I brought um, my other guitar player, Toby and his girlfriend and went to Comic-Con and hung out with them. Mm -hmm. And then we were having beers at his hotel and he was like, you should fly out tomorrow morning um, to Campbell River where they're filming. He's like, and just hang out with me for a week and we'll just hang out on set and you can see how we, you know, how we film this shit. Oh, cool. So yeah, I didn't have anything to do because I was off tour. So I just flew out and hung out with him and just slept on his couch uh, where he was staying for a week and would just go on set and hang out in the makeup room and uh, yeah. well, they're just done makeup and then hang out on set while they were filming and then drink beer afterwards and which was really weird. Experience. So it must be like such a high budget thing as well. So it, it must was be pretty yeah. cool to be on that but set. But I was expecting like these extravagant like sets because it was super high budget. But I think that the budget went to creating this really real like they they brought everyone into the middle of nowhere and right. built a full you know village that was totally real. So it was it was definitely crazy to see that. It wasn't like big mm. CGI stuff and like big practical effects. It was like an actual village that they built in the middle of nowhere in the forest. So. Um, that was really cool. Yeah. If you were to teach me a war cry, how would you do it? Well, I mean, he he wanted me to show him how to do it, but we didn't spend too much time on like vocal coaching. Like it was okay. more like here's the part and memorize the part. It was more like teach him how to say the lines, which is basically like, you know, a yeah. tongue twister thing, like memorize this, this line and then speed it up and, you know, and then try to yell it. And he had already, you know, like he yells and his movies and yeah. shit anyway. So I don't, I think it was pretty easy for him to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, my thing that I could is the fast thing, Yeah, you know, okay. like, and I've avoided doing lessons because I feel like if I were giving, you know, people lessons online, I don't, I don't feel like they'd get their money's worth from me. Do you know? Okay, like, okay. I just, I'm not that confident that I could like teach them how to get that tone because for me it was just like, I didn't get practical training. Mm hmm. You know, like when I'm doing what I consider my proper tone, I can feel it in my collarbones. You know, oh, I can feel like a rattle in my collarbones and I know that I'm not straining my throat. Um, but I think to teach somebody how to get to that point, mm -hmm. it seems really difficult. And I don't know how you, how you do it because I think like you're explaining how a certain feeling in your body yeah, is. It's so hard with singing teaching yeah. in general, any type of singing teaching because it's just like, well... Everyone feels things a bit differently as well. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I know that there's vocalists that I want to learn from that can do like really low guttural stuff, um, which I am not good at. Um, mm -hmm. And I'll, I've tried to, you know, I've been on tour with them and tried to get them mm -hmm. to show me. And it almost feels like there's a limit to like where you can find the in your body like the ability to do that stuff. I don't know. I think there's a lot of stuff you can definitely learn, but it can be quite tricky if you're just not natural at a certain thing. Yeah. Yeah. And there's some things that just come so easily to some people, like yeah. like with you and fast phrases, I suppose. Yeah. Do you slow it down and then speed it up? Is that how you get I do, it? I mean, I think it's a lot easier. For me, it's a lot easier because I write it. And uh, okay, for me, yeah. like, for some reason, like, I can't remember my mom's birthday, but I can remember, like, you know, a thousand words or, like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, and then the order of them and then recite them every day. Yeah. So I think it's a lot of, like, mental memory, just, like, mm -hmm. muscle memory your mm -hmm. brain like they and but it's also kind of like for me it's like the alphabet where like i start the song and then i can mm -hmm. play the whole thing but if i go in the middle and i'm like hey then then yeah. i'm like kind of lost so i think i could teach people how to write maybe yeah okay. how to write and but as far as like teaching actual death metal tone i don't know that i would do it it's such a good job so you're on tour now uh yeah. what's it like being on tour 
Uh, it really depends on where. It's, it, it's really not an across-the-board thing. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, North American tours that we do, um, Canada and the States, is a very different, very different uh, circumstance. Like we were in our own van that we own. Um, mm-hmm. The you're treated a lot differently. The venues are a lot different. Okay. Um, in not, what way? Like there's not the same sort of respect for for artists oh, and yeah. venue owners. Like they're they're kind of like okay, you should be privileged to play here, and here's you know here's what you get, and like and Europe is like. It's like we're going to have showers, you know, we're mm-hmm. going to have like healthy food for you. Like they really care that you're going to perform in their mm-hmm. city and for, for people, you know. Yeah, that's um, nice. So that's like a key difference. Um, and then just as far as like just just the well-being of us on tour, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the circumstances like in Europe, it's it's just way easier. We're on a we're on a bus that has, you know, a lounge and mm-hmm. we have our own bunks um, and mm-hmm. there's a bathroom so North America, you're stopping at every, you have to get gas. You have to stay awake with your driver so he doesn't pass out. You have to always stop to piss. You can't, you know. Whereas like when you're on a bus, you can just relax. You can hang out, listen yeah, to music, yeah. go to sleep when you want. Um, so it is a lot more comfortable and more sustainable for sure, uh, yeah, yeah, and just yeah. a lot more fun. Yeah. Um, you know, also because you're on a bus with three other bands. Mm. Oh, so, wow. So all the bands are on the. Yeah, all the bands are on a giant bus. Wow. Um, so how it, many people is that? So, I mean, it's roughly around 23. Because uh, there'll be a few crew members and bands mm. are, you know, four to five people. So it's just a cooler experience, I think, overall, because as mm. long as you're with bands that you get along with, it's a very tight knit uh, circle. Yeah. So I can imagine it's quite intense. It can be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not I wouldn't say prison because I've never been to prison, um, <laughs> but it's almost like the littlest thing is, is made into a big thing when, you, yeah. when you're that confined with that many people, got that many gross dudes all jammed into living in basically a living room for a month. Especially if you're the sort of person that likes um, your socks being the same. How do you deal with yeah. that? Are you like quite a clean person? Uh, generally not. Like the socks is just a thing that okay. I don't know why. I'm not okay. really... Um, but I think that you, when you're living with that many people in a confined mm-hmm. space, you do have to be really respectful. And we're, we're as a band, pretty respectful to other bands, not to each other at all. We, okay. We're really disrespectful to each other. You know um, each other too well, probably. Yeah. What has been your biggest challenge as a band? I mean, it's such a slow progression to, to get to, to a sustainable point mm-hmm. where you can make a living. I yeah. think that that's just the biggest, been the biggest challenge of, of realizing that that's where you want to be and not to get sidetracked by other, you know, potential, um, you know, job opportunities or like there was a point in time where our guitar player wanted to go, go to plumbing school because he's like, we're not going to make money doing this. We had to be like, well, you can't go to plumbing school because you need to be doing this. So I think that's a bit hard for everyone to, to be like to stay on track and realize mm-hmm. like the only way to make a living out of it is to make it your main focus and only yeah. focus. How long so, did it take to, um, to, like, to be able to make a living? I think like we're in our maybe third year now mm-hmm. of, but it, I mean, it's so progressive that it's, it's hard to really like, there wasn't like that point where like, Oh great. Now we're it's, a living. yeah. When mm. you just kind of at one, one day you're like, Oh shit, I don't didn't have to work. And now I can do this stuff. Yeah. Like, uh, so it was very progressive. Um, but I think that it's been at about the eight year mark. Yeah. Uh, we started like, oh. okay, now we don't need to get a job. So. I think people don't realize how much hard work you have to put into things and how long that actually takes. They just think that yeah. like, you get some sort of break and then totally, yeah, that's, that's a it. huge misconception. Uh, yeah. And it's it's also with the with genres too. Like people don't realize like 
no matter what genre, like if you play pop or you play folk music, like there's a certain amount of time surf that you need to put in to get your name out there. And then once your name is out, people are like, oh, they just blew up somehow. But it's yeah. not that rarely happens. And in yeah. my experience, I've never seen that yeah. with another band. It's like people yeah. you just didn't hear about that band before and they were still working. So and I think that's the main thing that bands do is drop off at, say, the six year point, you know. Uh, because they can't either they're with a partner that wants them to make more money mm. that doesn't want to have to keep paying their rent or you know yeah, yeah, yeah. explain to their parents why they're dating somebody that's not making any money mm-hmm. you know or just like there's obstacles like that that are always coming in that make you second guess it and I think that's where a lot of people fall off but if you get past that one little hill you know then you're like okay now it's a sustainable thing and mm-hmm. so I think that was our hardest thing to to, to get through was just yeah. that, that rough patch. were you just always like it's fine to get through. Did you, how did you get through it personally? I think because I just didn't really have much else going on. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of it's kind of easy. It's a good lifestyle for someone that uh, you know doesn't doesn't have a lot of other goals going on. Like it's just something that I wanted to do, yeah. uh, and all I really wanted to do. And, and what is your goals for the bands now? Where do you want to go with it? Our goal is always just more exposure, just mm-hmm. playing for more people, you know. Yeah. And however we can do that, so. You know, we always want to branch out and play in uh, different markets. Like we mm-hmm. got to play Japan and that was huge for us. We were really That's stoked cool. to do that and you know, play, uh, you know, uh, in Israel. And so anytime we can expand a little bit and get more people to to pick up on us, um, that's just sort of the goal. What's the best thing you've done with the band so far? We got nominated for a Canadian Juno Award, which was cool because oh, that's cool. a very mainstream sort of award. Yeah. So I think anytime that we get some sort of, uh, publicity in a mainstream mm. setting because we're such a niche style that yeah. that's sort of an accomplishment for us that we're like oh sweet yeah. like somebody that would never normally hear this music caught a glimpse of it the final question yeah. if you had one ability that you could just gain overnight yeah. what would it be oh that's a really good question like a superpower yeah or or yeah anything. Uh, i think that i would harness time travel to be funnier than everyone else so like in like to, to have to be the wittiest person probably because you always think about witty shit like way, way after, way after. Mm-hmm. So if I would like rewind for a few seconds, constantly do that till I came up with like the perfect response. Have a little ponder, sit around yeah. for a while. Write it down, like do some, you know, yeah. working on it. And then I would just seem like I'd be the funniest person in the world. Mm-hmm. But I just had more, more time to figure it out. Yeah. Or maybe walk through books like Gumby. You remember Gumby? No. You never heard of Gumby? No, it's that like a Canadian clay animation. Thing? Maybe it's Canadian. I just assumed that was a worldwide thing. No, I don't know what Gumby is. Oh, you got to look up Gumby. It's a clay animation show, Gumby and Pokey, and him and his pal Pokey, who's a horse. Gumby is just a big green fucking dude. I don't know what he's supposed to be. But he can walk into books, and him and Pokey walk into books, and they can walk into any book and just live in the book. So they Mm -hmm. go into Westerns and, you know, have different adventures, and they just walk right out of those books. So So you want to be Gumby? I would like to have Gumby's power. I don't uh, think you'd look such a... You just walk into any books, and you just chill out and live in there, and then you just peace out. I don't yeah. know if it works with comics or like magazines, but that would be cool too. You yeah, know, that would be in cool. a magazine, eat a cool meal, walk out. Yeah, so, wicked. Yeah. All right. <laughs> thanks for being on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you to Ollie and everyone at Seasons of Mist for setting this up. If you'd like to hear Arch Spire's music, head over to season-of-mist.com slash bands slash Archspire. You can also find their music on YouTube and Spotify. 
don't forget to subscribe, rate and review on your podcast app of choice. It really helps us share these stories with new people. If you'd like to send us feedback, please do at goodjob at bethroars.com. And if you'd like to support the podcast and find out a little bit more and get early access to the podcast, head over to patreon.com slash bethroars. Once again, big thanks to Ollie and Seasons of Mist, to James and Kazra at One Fine Play for the initial edits, to Tom, my fabulous co-producer who works so hard on these, and of course, to you guys for listening. See you in the next one. Bye. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.